Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to GigPod episode 186 and I'm your host for this week's episode Rizzo and I'm joined by Dan. How you doing Dan? Not too bad Rizzo, not too bad. Apologies to the listeners in advance because we're on a, a very noisy Molly Malone's this week however it is a Saturday and I would say that is actually an advert for the pub that it is this busy but it's great to be here as always. Yeah, we're in a, a spiritual, spiritual home, even Molly Malone's once more, and thanks to Dame for hosting us again. And we're going to be talking about uh, two games in this week's episode, the disappointing Champions League defeat to Feyenoord in midweek, and today's excellent 3-0-1 against Livingston, which keeps us clear at the top of the league. So, Dan, I'll keep remembering to call you Dan, because I'm so used to calling you your, your non plume as I used to call you. My gimmick name. Your gimmick name, yes, of course, that's over. I have now broken kayfabe, of course. Yes, you're now, you're now your own man at last. <laughs> but yeah, so first of all, I think we should talk about the, the final game that was played on Tuesday night. We did say to the listeners we would only do a pod if Celtic won or if we got hammered. We didn't win. We didn't get hammered. We lost 2-0. Two players sent off. And really, it was the usual Celtic away from home and nowadays Celtic at home and the Champions League performance. Pretty much. I thought, to be fair, for the majority of the first half, we actually played very well. Limited final to not very many opportunities. Um, but as you say there, typical. We give away a, a stupid goal right on the cusp of half-time. A terrible time to concede a goal. And just shoot ourselves in the foot again. Up to that point, though, as I say, going into half-time, as much as I was annoyed at having lost that daft goal, I was able to take the positives from the performance. The second half, though, John, just a total capitulation and I think one or two players did really show their inexperience at that level yeah I thought both red cards were deserved really 
yeah, I thought yeah. that I thought that the Baron was very naive, like doing a challenge like that in a Champions League game, and home was just I thought it was just a bad challenge. And again, it's naive, and we're not at Brendan said in the aftermath. Well, I said I think Thursday that he wasn't really happy with the transfer window, and that we need more players for experience. And I think that was shown up in in the game against Feyenoord. Although to be fair, Joe Hart and Thiago didn't come to in glory with a free kick but I mean we still had a chance of getting back into the game and with what, 11 men but as soon as the Baron they sent off it was over and really in a way to know was respectable but yet again in the Champions League it's the same old mistakes yeah no um, after the the sender off which to be fair I think has been forgotten a little bit perhaps even more so now after the the showing from him today, but Joe Hart did obviously save that penalty um, after Lagavulka was sent off. But as you said there, once it came to that red card there, a goal down in the game, regardless of whether that penalty was scored or not, it's curtains for us. Brendan did say on Thursday as well, obviously he was trying to take the positives, which was that we'd limited it to 2-0, and it could come in handy later on in the group. We'll wait and see. I'm not really of that particular belief after that showing and given the games ahead I do think that if I've got anything to play for going into that final game that's realistic and not some outlandish set of circumstances that need to all fall together for us to stay in Europe after Christmas then we'll be doing well but yeah just more disappointment really in the, the Champions League which I know you and Stevie were hammered for we're talking about your disappointment at Celtic showing last season, but um, <laughs> I have to echo your sentiment because I did think it was a real letdown. We were, and we don't take that back because it was poor, and I thought the other night was poor, but it was just really what I expected. And we'll talk more about the Lazio game on the, when we do a pod next week, but you're a, you're someone that watches Calcio. <laughs> what are your thoughts on us getting anything at all against Lazio? To be honest, I've not seen a whole lot of them this season. Um, I saw a clip, obviously, of the the goal against Atletico the other night from Provadel, the goalkeeper, yep. which was very dramatic. I know people were, were saying, one or two people were saying at the time, that could be a result that potentially favours us, given that it's obviously a draw between those two sides. Again, I think we'd be doing very, very well to be challenging them come match day six. Like, I, th- I think it's a long shot. I-, I know that obviously we did the-, the double over them back in 2019. Um, beat them obviously 2-1 at Celtic Park and then again over in Italy. But I think we'd be doing very, very well to get anything out of that game two weeks from now. And that might sound harsh, but I'm sorry, that's just how I feel. It'll be interesting to see if CCB comes back for that because Brendan has said constantly that he'll be back at the start of October. October 9th? I believe he was quoted as saying on the Thursday oh well then he won't um, be back then he did, yeah he did bite back a little bit at that question um, because he's obviously been getting it every week but I think October 9th was the date that he gave so well we're on international duty then so listen he'll be out for that game which will be disappointing I mean I'll be int- we'll talk obviously about this more next week but it'll be interesting to see who plays in defence with the Baron out it'll be scales and a water, I suppose. I mean, as it stands, that's probably what you're expecting, isn't it? We'll wait well, and see. If I thought that was quite interesting back, then that Awata came on the day in midfield because I thought when I saw him coming on, I thought I wonder if he'll come on for either the Baron or Scales because you don't. Well, we'll get one league game. We've only got one game before we play last year because mm-hmm. for once we've got a free week this week because we're after a humiliation against Kamala in the League Cup. 
It's a League Cup this week, of course, we're not playing, so we've got a free week. So, I mean, if it is going to be a lot, he's not going to get any playing time because we're not going to throw him in, I don't think, at centre half against Bolivar next week. No one will kept three clean sheets yeah. in the league in a row. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see in that one. I think they're probably hopeful that, that Phillips may be back by that point. But I forgot about him, really. It is a pretty... It's, it's easily forgotten, given that all we've seen of him so far was 45 minutes. The emergency loan centre-back, and as bad old Lenny said today, we're now needing an emergency for the emergency. Well, Lenny was quite funny today, I have to say. Well, my guy is... And he did big us up after it, I have to say. He did say it was a statement of intent and stuff. But more of that game in a minute. Now, the interesting thing I thought about the other night is that we, we didn't get the best out of Kyogo. But, uh, even though I've been critical of the system where Kyogo's been playing as a sort of false nine, it is starting to pay dividends in the league at least, because I mean, we've won our last three games, seven goals scored, none conceded. We've actually not conceded a goal in the league since we played Aberdeen. So that's with four clean sheets in a row. But I don't know, I think this is, there's still something that should be clicking, maybe until the day. But, I mean, in Europe, we need to try and find a way to get more out of Kyogo. I mean, he wasn't really involved at all all night. We had really only two chances, I'd say. The first one was when we won the ball and uh, Rio Hatati really should have played him in. But he decided to hit a shot. He really should have played him in there, yeah. It was like a Hollywood shot and had a defender. Very, very selfish. Sorry about that pause, Lester. Just taking a, a quick drink of Cruel's there, that great drink. Other drinks are available. But the only other chance is when Dyson, who really has impressed me this season, he had he like beat his man for pace that he should have got a yellow card, that guy that challenged him, and the goal uh, saved it. But even though things don't seem right, I thought Brendan actually did manage it tactically well up until they scored that goal. Because they, 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 that was really their first real chance. They had that one that was offside when AG got caught on the wrong side of the guy. But then they had like long shots, like headers over the bar, nothing. That was the first real chance. And that was just so typical as in Europe. The timing of the goal, the fact that it was a soft goal, and it was like a first chance. So, I just don't see us learning for that this season. And the board obviously haven't helped because, I mean, when everybody's fit, I mean, well, any of the players that are, that were both this summer start, when everybody's available, I would have my doubts. I mean, Palmer, I don't want to be too critical of him, but I really, he's no Jota, let's face it. I mean, it's still early days, may be good, but he's not got that like, sort of dynamic style of play, Jota. He's very one-paced. He's, he's, oh, he's not quick at all. He's not, no. Honduran Haxa. Aye, he does remind me of Haxa. But the thing is, Haxa actually did play well for us for a spell last season, mind, up until the World Cup break. He won player of the month. Yes, yes, he was excellent in that game against Ross County. That's right, scored the winning goal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's still early and I don't want to write him off because he's only played like a game. And obviously, Brendan must think it's something about him. He's thrown yeah. him into a Champions League away game. And, like, I don't know. We'll just need to wait and see. We, we obviously had the injury to Leila Bada, not ideal. No, um, that, that's cost. I think, to be honest, it says a lot more about the recruitment in the summer that we've thrown him in for his first start at Champions League level off the back of I don't know what it was a 20-25 minute cameo at the weekend against Dundee you can't really again I know I've christened him the Honduran Haxa there which might sound as if I'm being harsh I'm trying not to be as you say he might prove to be a good player for us but um, 
yeah, you, you can't expect him to perform at his, his top level, having played very little football in this team. No, and, and there's been a lot of criticism after the game of the board, especially when we released that statement the other day, with £72 million in the bank. Good old Celtic reading the room as usual. Before we go into the game of the day, do you think in January we'll actually buy the experienced players that we need, or do you think it'll be more of the punts? Because I think there's a chance that Brendan could leave at the end of the season if he's, if he's no giving the players he wants in the summer. Ah, but John, you're forgetting he's signed for three years. Of so he'll course. be here for three years unless he gets emptied the... before that. That's true, he'd never leave us. He would never lie to us, John. No, he wouldn't, they not. No, like, I, I've got to hope that there will be some additions in uh, in January. There are certain, some, certainly some problem areas that need to be addressed, which I'm sure we will talk about when we're talking about today's game. And a certain man and his decision-making. Yes, yes. But um, I would be hopeful in January that there will be reinforcements, but then you need to, to, to obviously take into account whether or not he'll be able to attract the right calibre of player because at this moment in time I can't see his being involved in European football after Christmas. No, no, I actually think Brendan has done quite well. I mean, if you take away the Kilmarnock game, which in every team was a bad day, and I think because it was in the League Cup and we were out of the Cup, people were more annoyed about it. And if it was a League game, we can just say, oh, it's played in that terrible pitch, these things happen. St. Johnson... I mean, we still should have won. Like, I mean, we did miss some sitters. That was like one of his games. But then we've, we've been to Petodre, Ibrox and New Livingston, a place where we usually struggle. And three wins out of three. And I think, but I know there'll always be people against Brendan because of the way he left. But I think he's actually doing well. But there'll always well be people against him. So, he'll always be fighting that battle. What he should do more is uh, have concentrations with Stewards at the end of games and, and, and rescue fans that are going yes, to be arrested. We'll, we will come on to that, um, <laughs> because that was, that was excellent. A real highlight from today's performance. Unfortunately, looks like Mollers are just going to show rugby, so hopefully that the sound doesn't come in. Whether it was England that are playing rugby? Hopefully that doesn't overwhelm us. But there you go, these things happen as a Saturday. Right, so on to today's game where we played Livingston at a wonderful Tony Macaroni Arena. A place where we had one of our last two visits after years of being rubbish there. I actually made a mistake talking about this game before. I thought that Brendan had lost a game as manager here, but no, no, it was nothing. It each. was nothing each. And actually, I Ryan came. Justin gets sent off. No, that was that was with the season oh, was after. That, the, that was the defeat. Yeah, but It was actually nothing each. A very boring yeah. game I was at. Nothing at all happened. And then the season later, of course, we lost two 0 when uh, Tristan gets sent off. And we drew two each as well. The last away game uh, before COVID. Okay, but. Well, we're going in the back of two comfortable wins there, the last two times, like 3-1 and 3-0. Mm-hmm. And looking at the start line for the game, Brendan sprung a surprise, or was it? James Forrest, his first start since January against Livingston today, and he started the last two games against Livingston we won as well. So do you think that was why he picked Forrest? They discussed this a bit on good old Sky Sports before the game. I don't necessarily think so, to be honest. I think it's down more to the performances of other players in those areas. We mentioned, obviously, Palmer, who was kind of thrown in at the deep end in midweek, but didn't play particularly well, and as I said, has not played a lot of football in this team. 
Yang's obviously been getting minutes. Um, started obviously last weekend against Dundee, but I think it's fairly obvious from watching him at this moment in time that he is lacking in that final product. So no, I, I wasn't overly surprised to be honest to see Forrest come back in. I think with his experience there, you mentioned obviously the last couple of times we've been there. Was it three 0 or was it three one game where he had a very good performance? Three one, he scored the three one. That, that that was the game. I was thinking of her. So no, I wasn't overly surprised to be honest. I, I think as I say, generally with the the injuries at the moment and not necessarily a lack of, of depth, but a lack of maybe quality in those wide areas just now, I wasn't really too surprised to see him come back in. And I thought he played well by the way until he was hooked. He did play decently enough, yeah, we'll talk about that more in a minute, why he was hooked. Apart from Forrest, it was the same team that started and midweek no other changes so that meant Forrest, Dyson and Kyogo up front and uh, the centre back pairing of Liam Scales and De Baron. and we'll talk with them more in a couple of minutes but Celtic to the league early on and it was down to Greg Taylor and Bill Hattati Greg Taylor who had an interesting game I think he had more touches of the ball than any other player I think he had 20 touches in the first 10 minutes and, and that opening 20-25 minutes he was absolutely excellent he was back in his inverted role yeah, yeah, he, he was very, very good in that opening 20 25 minutes. And as you say, he obviously um, was a key contributor in his winning that uh, that penalty there. It's getting to the stage, John, at the minute where I think we're going to have to come up with some sort of a graphic to post on that wonderful website now known as X every time we win a penalty because it is really becoming a, a beloved weekly gimmick at this stage for us domestically. Even a useless John Beaton, more of him in a minute, uh, couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't not give the penalty. It was a great ball in for Taylor. He cut inside, a ball inside to Rio Hatai. He was filled in the box. Still more penalty. Hatai scored, but it wasn't a good penalty, was it? It was not. No, I think he was doing his best uh, Jack Amakis impression there, trying to miss a penalty against Livingston. It did go in, as you say, but as much as David Turnbull, who looks to be the preferred penalty taker at the minute, obviously wasn't on the pitch, I think for future instances, where he is not um, on to take a penalty, I, I would take Hattati off them off the back of that, to be honest with you, I thought it was a, a pretty dreadful penalty. Maybe Dyson could take the penalties because he never gets dropped. Dyson, has he took a penalty for this before? Don't I don't think he has, no, no, obviously Kyoko took that one down at Rugby Park, didn't he? And that was, uh, I think that showed he was definitely not a penalty taker. McGregor's missed them missed a couple, McGregor missed that one and then the one against Ferenc Varos I think as well, so... O'Reilly? We had, I don't think O'Reilly's taken one, no. McGregor did have a pretty good record from spot kicks up to that point and I think he missed two in pretty quick succession and hasn't taken one since, but it might be worth having a look at but um, it wasn't the most convincing of penalties put it that way but as you said there's still more yep so that was us in the lead and we actually controlled the game we were playing very well I mean Livingston had a chance early on when Scales misjudged a ball and Hart had a good save but then unfortunately after about half an hour Scales and the Baron managed to misjudge another ball Joe Hart came careering out and he caught Singara missed the ball completely and unfortunately he was sent off for the first time in his career can you believe that his first ever red card I did find that astonishing given his age interestingly enough it was with Ian Crocker that great great commentator said that he was sent off for denying a goal scoring opportunity it wasn't violent conduct so he'll only miss the Motherwell game next Saturday which could be a problem because 
We're talking about Joe Hart's replacement, Scott Bain in a wee while. But really, it was a red card. I, I thought the, the referee, the John Beaton, was rubbish. I mean, he gave us some ludicrous yellow cards before that. Card happy. Joe. Card happy. I mean, O'Reilly got done a terrible challenge. It could easily, I think, on VAR be a red card. Of course, good old VAR. I think checked it for like 20 seconds. I thought Beaton was terrible as usual. But unfortunately, this was a red card. And Joe Hart sent off, booked, suspended for one game. But you want to talk more about the role of the, the defenders in that red card? Well, I just think that it's been coming for weeks now, to be honest with you. I just think that the line we're playing at the moment is so, so high. Livingston, I think, to their credit, it was one of the few things they did do good in the game. Looked to obviously exploit it with these direct balls over the top and behind. And they did on a couple of different occasions causes bother. Another big issue I think is, and again we can't really legislate for this, the amount of injuries, now suspensions obviously going into the the game against Lazio as well because we need to take that into account. We've not had a settled centre back pairing, we've not had a settled back four at all this season and that is obviously a real problem I think when it comes to playing this incredibly high line that we seem to be playing at the moment. Joe Hart, at the age of what, 36 now, he's never been known as a, a sweeper keeper as no, such, no. but it's a role he has performed to his credit fairly well throughout the open weeks of this season, despite the fact that at his age and given his certain limitations, and I'm not aiming this at anyone in the older age category here, Rito, by the way, before you take any offence. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that with those direct balls in behind, you could see it against Feyenoord, yeah. at Ibrox as well. He's rushing off his line. Again, to his credit, more often than not, he's getting there before the striker. He's managing to obviously perform that role. But I just think it was inevitable because we're asking a guy who, again, with those certain limitations, is not suited to, to play in that particular role. So I just thought it was, it's was it been coming for weeks, to be honest, and I wasn't surprised. As you say, it's a stonewall red card. I don't think there's any debate about it. We're just fortunate, obviously, that it's for denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity as opposed to uh, violent or reckless conduct endangering an opponent, as they now call it, because uh, we'll come on to it as much as we've obviously slated Joe Hart here. We don't exactly, well, we're not exactly blessed with depth in that area. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Let's just talk about it now, before we go on to the good stuff. Yes, <laughs> Scott Bain replaced him, put old James Forrest, his first start since January. 
lasted only half an hour. He was replaced, Scott Bain. Scott Bain actually, I don't think, had very much to do, but there were still worries. Especially when, when we were cruising in the game, 2-0 ahead. He decided to dally in the ball, pass it right to Noble, who really should have done better. Noble? No, Nubly, even. Nubly? He's noble to me. <laughs> Nubly, who really should have done better, but... And like scooped over the bar. Then there was another incident where there was a cross. When it looked like it was harmlessly going past for a goal for a goal kick, and then Joe, and then Scott Bain decided to sort of flap it and get away a corner. Of course, I was at unfortunately just Joe Scott Bain's last start for Celtic when we lost four two Easter Road last season when he when he let one in that he should have saved. And uh, you were in the, the the home end for that one, weren't you, Joe? I was. I was with. I was with. Uh, Gig Pods Lee. Sadly, I won't be able to go in the home end where I'm going to play them next one, so I'm going to be in London, but I think Stevie is, so what's the space for more Gig Pod adventures? <laughs> and, but really, Scott Bain, just no. In fact, we should talk about the goalkeeping, just the goalkeeping position to see how they put overall, because Joe Hart, for the most part, has been good, you have to say that. Okay, he's made mistakes, but even this season, he's made some good saves. I mean, last week when it was nothing each. Played well at iBooks when a game which I said I wasn't going to watch when Rangers are a set piece. But he coped. But his contract's up at the end of the season. Obviously, he's no long term solution. Scott Bain, who did get a long term contract at the end of last season, although it was never confirmed by Celtic, oddly enough. And Ben Segrist, who is more well known now for being in the Australian Daily Mail website rather than playing football, not included in the, the Champions League squad. But now he's going back in the squad next weekend. We've really made a comp- I know people are going on about buying left backs and every other position, and obviously we need another left back because I think Bellamy's just out of the picture completely. Great here though, I think he's stood up well the last couple of weeks, but he's still obviously no long term solution. But we really need the goalkeeping situation sorted, and while, while I'm confident we can get the job done at Mullerwell this week, I think it'll be a hard game, and I think. Even having Scott Bain in goal will make that even harder because he's not a good goalkeeper at all. It's, it's mad that he's been here for so many years and he's just not very good at all. No, I 100% agree. It was a, a major, major worry. Obviously off the, the back, I suppose, his last performance at Easter World, as you said, you did have the privilege, Sean, of witnessing that in the flesh. But it is a worry. Um, it was a worry in the summer. It was an area that needed to be addressed. I know we're going to sit here now, I don't care what anyone says, I think everyone in the summer was of the opinion that whilst not necessarily Joe Hart had to be moved on or anything like that as such, that we did need to bring in someone who was capable of replacing him. Obviously a link with the the Croatian uh, national goalkeeper, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here and I make no apologies for it, Leverkovic, I believe, who ended up going to... And again, tricky pronunciation here for me, Fenerbahce. Yeah. Just to double check, I got that right there, John, thank you. Yes, I know, you I know the, I'm a stickler for pronunciation. I know you are the, the master of pronunciation. I am indeed. But that was the only real major link I can remember. Do you even think that was a real link? No, I don't think to so. be honest, I thought it was paper talk more than anything else. And as I say, that is an area that had to be addressed in the summer. More so now. Joe Hart to his credit did save the penalty in midweek obviously having committed a bit of a howler for the first goal but as an area that needs to be addressed I think we see the, the real lack of depth there as well 
with Scott Bain coming in. I don't care how much Brendan talks about being a, a really good understudy or playing the way you want to keep it, playing the modern era, being good with his feet. Was he very good with his feet for that? No. That chance he gifted Joe Nubley or Noble, as you exactly Noble to me. <laughs> so I, I, I think that is the real area that needs to be addressed in this team. I know because if Joe Hart is injured, well, I was shit creek basically. Yeah. Because we couldn't have Scott Bain as goalkeeper for like a number of weeks, it'd be terrible. I mean, it wouldn't show me if he made some daft mistake next week against Motherwell and we'll need our strikers to bail him out. And I think a big concern as well, John, is, and again, I know he had a bit of a howler in midweek and not a great performance again today, obviously, with the sender off, but Joe Hart's then going to be coming into this Lazio game off the back of having not played that weekend. And again, it's another instance of us having to chop and change, be it through injury or suspension at the back. I know that's, in a way, we've done well to get the results that we have. We all the issues we've got in the squad, we injuries, poor form, just like players not being available. And even in the Champions we're going to be without like the Baron and home for a game. And I don't know if we played a strong, I think we've played the strongest team maybe one. Well, in fact, I was going to say we played the strongest team against Aberdeen, but. Hitati, I think, got injured that day, didn't he? And CCB definitely got injured that day. So, we've not... Alston, I believe, was at right-back, wasn't he, as well? Yeah, AJ hadn't right, so. started. So, we've not played the strongest team once a season, yet we're still... No, we've not. ...grinding out results, and I think we should talk that, more... Oh, that is to their credit, absolutely. I know we're, we're coming across as, I think, quite negative here. Off no, the back of what was a very good performance. No, I think it was a brilliant win today, and I, I think today showed Brendan's brilliant man-management. I mean, when Selic had been reduced to 10 men before, he's come up trumps, look at Ibrooks years ago. I mean, couldn't do anything in midweek because like, the game was a bogey as soon as we get two players sent off. But we, we didn't get hammered, like, three or four nil. But no, I thought today was a brilliant win and second half was a great performance. The second goal, Kyogo, uh, who I thought had a quiet-ish game, done well for it. He played a brilliant ball into the box. Dyson sort of tried to score, but the ball ended up hitting his ass. <laughs> the goal saved it. And there was Matt O'Reilly with close range to stab in the net. He's fourth goal in six games. And I think he's been our best player this season. And unfortunately, it's fairly negative. I think, I mean, we know that Leeds bid 10 million for him in the transfer window. We thankfully turned it down. I'm sure clubs will be in for him in January, but we won't sell him. I wouldn't shot him if we sold him for like 15, 20 million next summer, especially if he gets like at least 10 goals, which I'm sure he will. If he stays fit, I mean, He's on four for six games. I don't even did he score four last season in total? I think not in the uh, not in the Premiership, no. Uh, it was he didn't score he didn't score until like January or February last season. Oh, oh. there was that start that Ian Crocker, as you say, yes. wonderful commentator. Yes. Love to roll out every time we were televised on Sky Sports. But uh, no, I, I do agree. I, I think um, the one complaint over his, his performances last season because he did register and I don't have the numbers to handle. We had the most shots, because we you know. do not do research on gig No, no, no. He did register a ridiculous number of a uh, number of assists. Top assists in the league. However, the one big complaint was in front of goal, and I think it was a valid complaint actually in the now now with St George's a few weeks ago. Is the yeah yeah is the Polis go uh, flying by? Great guys, Bob Bell, John. Great guys. Um, that was a. <laughs> <laughs> It was a major complaint of the the no no with St Johnston for myself and also of last season was that he did not get enough goals. But now that he's added those goals to his game, 
he's making those late runs into the box. Stevie said it on the Instagram page earlier. From Milan, by the way, I don't know if the listeners know he is in Milan at the moment, not that he's mentioned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did mention that it was he's sort of in that Stuart Armstrong mould, if you like, that he's making those late runs into the box and, and getting goals now. And I actually thought, to be honest, I thought Kyogo had a very good game today. I think he was very um, selfless. I think in terms of a lot of the running he did, again for that goal there, the run he did last weekend as well for yeah. O'Reilly. O'Reilly's goal yeah. as well. I, I think, to be honest, this new kind of role he's taking on is this false nine, yeah. doing a lot of work outside the box. Um, he contributed greatly, obviously, again today. And a lot of stuff he had to do off the ball as well in terms of pressing with Dyson, who briefly, as he sometimes does in the final third, however, we will come on to his goal, which was excellent does sometimes forget how to play football in the final third of the pitch not for obviously his lack of effort his run off the ball superb as ever today but I thought it was an excellent finish from O'Reilly and as I say now that he's added those goals to his game you mentioned obviously Leeds there had made a bid for him I think yeah. there's one or two other clubs in the championship towards the uh, the higher end I think he's better than that, that I think he could, absolutely do I yeah. think he could play in the Premier League oh, same as Stuart Armstrong it actually reminds me a lot of Stan Petrov I think he's probably like, what well, it's probably our most like pure goal scorer midfielder since Armstrong. I mean, I don't think we'd aimed at it. Has got the number of goals as Armstrong as O'Reilly could get. I mean, I think the year we won the Invincible treble, I think Armstrong scored 17 goals somewhere. Yeah. So if like O'Reilly can get anything like that, then I think he's definitely good enough for the Premier League, the good old English Premier League. But I mean, it's just a pity that. If we do say him, we'll probably replace him with somebody that's not as good. Known as who's But then I suppose O'Reilly was a punt in the first place because we almost spent I think like one million, one point five million on him. Yeah. We off tried the back to of a pretty short stint at MK Dons as well. Yeah, we tried to buy um, was it Briley McGee for your middles? Briley McGree, that was that the was one, it. Yeah. We tried to buy him, he went to Middlesbrough and O'Reilly came in, he's he's done excellent and I thought today was Another good performance, I actually thought he did well against Feyenoord as well. Yeah, no, like, he's been, uh, I, I think you made the point earlier, I think he has been our best player all season. He was at the heart of most of the good things against Feyenoord. So uh, that made it, he's been our best player this That season. made it 2 0. We, we controlled the game, I mean, Livingston did have that one chance when Scott Bain had a brain fart. <laughs> but we've talked about that. And then we scored, finished the scoring in injury time, and I think this is Dyson's best goal for Celtic. It was just. Really? Better than the one at Easter Road? Yep. I think so because his it's movement his movement before it was brilliant when he turned the man put a guy Chris Sean said it was Johan Cruyff-esque I don't know if I'd go that <laughs> far but it was a great turn left his man on the deck and he just curled a brilliant shot in the top corner and very undyzing like well it's it isn't undyzing like because against, in that game against Hibs he missed an absolute sitter literally a minute before he scored that goal but it was a great goal and I think Dyson has been that's his first goal of the season I know. But he's, he's work rate is just ridiculous. He works so hard and he does frustrate a lot because he's not a consistent goal scorer. Because he's not a striker, though he was, interestingly enough, the main striker for a lot of the time when we get reduced to 10 men. Like Hugo drifted over the wing, like they say, the same goal at. And obviously, I think Brendan, just like Ange did, Brendan absolutely loves him. And I think as long as he's fit, he'll be in the starting lineup. And for that was a brilliant, brilliant goal. And it capped off, I think. I think that's your best performance of the season. Better than last week, better than Ibrox were 
even though it was a brilliant win, we won the great. It was a more complete performance. More complete. I mean, more complete. We, we had that we dodgy spell after we got reduced to ten men, as can happen. But before that, we were excellent. And second half, with ten men, we controlled the game and everybody contributed. And I thought it's really that's the sort of result that Brendan really expect for him. A tough away venue where we have struggled in the past, reduced to ten men, and it was a stroll in the park setting half. Just using all his, his years of experience that, and again, this will sound disrespectful, but at the, the true elite level, a much higher level obviously of opposition he has faced in the past in his career than Livingston today, no disrespect, but <laughs> that is what you expect for Brendan Rodgers. Dyson, again, you make some good points there. I think it has been excellent this season in large parts. My, my only criticism was, again, quite often in that final third, I applaud us for being wonderful podcasters. <laughs> Quite often in that final third, he does temporarily forget how to play football, but that wasn't the only occasion today. There was one or two others I can think of that spring to mind where he took one touch, two touches, great first touches, and just eliminated opponents for the game. And he capped it off on an absolutely brilliant finish. It is up there in terms of his best Celtic goals. I don't know if it's quite as good is the one at Easter Road, but I will say it was no less than he deserved. It was unfortunate last week that he scored that goal that was obviously yeah. ruled out for offside. He did deserve to get off the mark for the season. Um, as you say, he can be a bit frustrating at times in and around that final third because he, he doesn't really give you consistent output no, as a no. goal scorer. I did actually, again, I think that was another positive thing to take from today. And, and one thing that I'm sure they've worked on as well, because I, I, I remember from his first spell here, they always made the point of saying that under Brendan, they do train sometimes with 10 men versus 11 to prepare for these scenarios. And I'm sure this is something that they've worked on, but I did actually quite like when they were working almost as a front two there, Kyogo and Dyson. Whether or not it's something we use more often throughout the course of the season or as I say, maybe in the, the European games, for example, but I did think it worked very well. Um, I made a complaint, obviously, earlier on about the the lack of not so much depth, because we have numbers, but maybe quality in those wide areas at the moment. So perhaps going with those two through the middle could be something we look to, look to explore, but um, we'll wait and see on that front, John. But it worked very well today, and I thought Dyson was excellent again. Deserved his goal. Yeah, and I thought uh, the other players that played well, I thought Greg Taylor, first half especially, was excellent. I actually thought the mistake for the red card aside that Scales and the Baron did well, it could have been a difficult game for them. I thought that Cal McGregor was excellent for the most part as well. I mean, I he, thought Cal McGregor was outstanding. His, his only mistake was when we had a five yes, on two, yes. and he took the wrong option. What I would say there is actually O'Reilly, I think, initially with that pass into McGregor, should play in Kyogo when he's wide. But I do agree. Yeah, that's true. That was the only mistake. But McGregor, especially at the end of the first half, and we were sort of losing our heads a bit, he just took control of the game. Ran the game. And I thought he was excellent. And another decent performance for him. And I thought, really, <laughs> Brendan was excellent as well at the end of the game. I think we better talk about this. When <laughs> a, a young fan, an over-exuberant fan, and who can blame him after watching that, ran on the pitch to, to try and see his heroes. And he was going to be lifted by the, by the stewards. But thankfully, Brendan was there to shoo the stewards away, ensure that the fan get back to the Celtic support and wasn't arrested. Brendan, what a man you are. And I actually said in a group chat that you're no one, thanks for the invite. But you may be, you may be one day. <laughs> I might be soon. You might be, I might soon, be soon. That if, uh, if a former manager, Angie, had done that appeal, would have been one of them knighted. 
for that sort of thing. Yes. And I'm sure that Brendan done that out of the kindness of his heart, not to make himself a no, good no, friend. Not to get some angry, uh, and uh, not to get a group of fans that don't like him on his side or anything. But no, I thought that was uh, I thought that was good. But Brendan, his interview about it was fantastic it after was, the game as well. It was tremendous, as you said there. The young boy just wanted on to see his heroes. Exactly. And he got to meet the biggest hero of all. Exactly. Like Brendan. Now that was excellent. To be fair, we are obviously being quite quite cynical and saying that he did that for his own motivations, but. As he said in the interview afterwards, it was the common sense approach. He had three stewards tackling um, this young fan who was just exuberant, as hip supporters would say after a certain Scottish Cup final. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was the the common sense approach to obviously allow him back into the uh, back into the stands with the away fans there. Possibly a larger point, John, could be made here uh, about the. Policing and general treatment of Scottish football fans, however, this is not the place for it because we do not take ourselves seriously enough to make that point. But no, a, a good moment nonetheless. Vintage Brendan. It was, and it was a vintage Brendan Rogers. Share the performance, they 3 0 1. We're, we're still top of the league, and that's all you can ask for, especially in the back of a, a difficult game in Europe. So that's the. We're coming up to the end again, probably. We've still got another couple of announcements to go. But that's the end of the stuff in the game. But unbelievable, we've got a free week this week, a rarity for Celtic, and so we're not batting action until next Saturday, Saturday at lunchtime against Motherwell at Fur Park, not on TV, but it's so they can show it live in pay per view. So thank you, Sky, for not covering a, a decent game for some reason. I'll tell you who does not have a free week, though, John. Who will that be? Yes, that's right, yes. A brilliant, uh, seamless, brilliant transition there. <laughs> Yep, uh, you can mention what's happening if you'd like, because I'm not a part of it yet. I'm not entirely sure as to when it will be out, however, myself and our fearless leader, as well as a, an individual who will remain nameless for the time being. Not me. Um, not yourself, John, obviously. You would have a lawyer yourself to only here for a visit. It I, will I, will, be I will eventually. You will eventually. Once you see those uh, those numbers in terms of downloads, Sean, obviously <laughs> they are superb. So we will be back at some stage before the Motherwell game recording of course as always and wonderful Molly Malone yes thank you once again to them for their fantastic hospitality um, again just covering a, a wide range of uh, subjects John exempt from Celtic of course so if any listeners want to tune in to hear me and a fearless leader talk a lot of shite then uh, only here for a visit should be out later this week Yep, and now now it's time for a gig called Rarity. A plug, but it is somebody that deserves it. It's, I don't know if people follow me on Instagram or on Twitter. Daily Celtic, who's been a big help for us. He's been able to go to press conferences for us at, Cel- at uh, Linux Town when me and Dan and our fearless leader aren't available to go. He's been able to go. And in his uh, real life, as opposed to gig called life, he is currently at college training to be a barber. And from December, he will be taking clients. And if you want to become a client of his, then no doubt it'll be as good as a hairdressing as he is at asking questions at press conferences, which is good. You can follow him on Instagram at D1Cuts, and that's the letter D, the number one, C U T Z Z underscore, and I'll say that again D1 C U T Z Z underscore. So give Daily Celtic a follow on his uh, 
Instagram D1 Cuts for progress and updates as he starts to begin his uh, career as a barber. He's been taking clients on since December. We don't usually do stuff like this in GigPod, but he is a part of the GigPod family. Yes, so he indeed. gets the GigPod thumbs up seal of approval. Dan, do you give him the thumbs up? 100%. I did think you were about to start spelling out his Instagram handle there phonetically at one stage. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does get the GigPod seal of approval, uh, provided we are privy to three haircuts at some stage down the line, I would imagine, for this promo, John. Not that you've well, I'll, 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 you bastard. <laughs> I won't be I'm not long behind you. I won't be one. I, sh- I, sh- I should get a hair transpilot or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in. Right, so that's the end of this week's game. But we will be back after the Motherwell game with a review of the Motherwell game and a preview of Lazio. And we'll probably do the Lazio uh, review live, perhaps from Moe Mullins. That is the plan with me and our fearless leader. And uh, will you be attending the Lazio game? That might be there, yes, yes. So, Dan. Thanks for uh, coming on this week's pod, as ever. Uh, listen, it's a, a pleasure, as always, as Brendan would say. Yes, and you will be back, of course, with Stevie and someone who will, for them, perhaps remain nameless for only here no, for... No, we'll be named eventually. Don't worry about that. It will be for the second episode of that wonderful podcast series. Right, so we'll be back next week. Sorry about maybe if the volume is not as good as usual, but it is a pub and more of the are great to us and we'll, we'll never... Stop coming here. Well, we'll never criticise them. Exactly. Fantastic pub. And it's not, pub. not as loud as it was either. So, thanks everybody for listening. Well done, Celtic today. We'll be back next week with a couple of podcasts and hail, hail. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.